This is the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, Episode 7. Welcome to the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, a place for practical ideas and powerful spiritual inspiration for women like you who want to overcome their obstacles, discover their true potential, and find lasting joy and significance through a relationship with Christ. I'm your host, Alicia Michelle, and I'm so excited to encourage you on how you can live the full, vibrant life that God has planned for you, the life that you were meant to live. So find a cozy spot, and let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, where our goal is to give you the practical tools and honest encouragement you need to move out of mediocre living and to create the life of your dreams. I'm your host, author, and Christian life coach, Alicia Michelle. Well, last episode, we talked about living bigger, being willing to step out of complacency and to walk into that bigger, better future that God has for you. And I mentioned resistance, how when we step into that bigger place, or if we even think about going to that place, a certain person shows up. And that is who we are going to talk about today, that inner voice that shows up usually when we are trying to play bigger. And some people call her the inner critic, the inner mean girl, the inner bully. I'm going to kind of use all those three descriptors here today as we talk about this voice. Well, the inner critic is so powerful and it is so common that it's something we absolutely have to address if we're talking about wanting to live a bigger life. So we're going to get real today about this inner critic. What does she sound like? Where does she come from? Why does she show up? And more importantly, how can we manage the inner critic instead of being bullied by her? So what are some practical mindsets and tools that we can use that work? There's a great resource here called Playing Big, and it's by Tara Moore. And she does a lot of great work here on speaking about the inner critic. And so I wanted to read to you a little bit from this book. It's on page two. She says, all women grapple with this voice of self-doubt in one way or another. For some women, it's most prominent around their professional lives. For others, it comes up around their sense of competence as mothers or partners. For others, it speaks mostly about appearance, body image, or aging. And for others, it chatters most loudly about their creative dreams, to make music or to paint or to write. We are so used to living with this voice, most of us don't imagine it could be otherwise. It's become the background noise we live with. Since women don't talk to one another about the most vicious things it says, we don't hear counter-arguments or we don't get support. And we don't learn that other women, women we admire because they seem so confident, they hear the same irrational, harsh voice in their heads too. Wow. One of the biggest things that stood out to me was when she says, we are so used to living with this voice. Most of us don't even imagine it could be otherwise. And that we don't hear the other counter-arguments because we don't talk about this as women and we don't talk about how vicious these, this voice can be. Well, at her core, the inner critic is a risk management expert. That's how she describes them in the book here. And I uh, love that description. When you understand that about the inner critic, what she's there for and why she's there, it helps you to know how to begin to manage her in your life. So as a risk management expert. She's that voice inside that's always trying to protect us. She's always trying to keep us safe. The problem is that she doesn't act rationally or use realistic thinking. She doesn't focus on solutions, but she only focuses on the problems. She doesn't tend to notice current growth or future possibilities, but she seems stuck in this past version of ourselves. She seems to want to hold us back with this version of like, you're not ready yet, right? She doesn't want us to step out. She speaks in an overly harsh or critical tone. She has very black or white thinking. 
Her voice is very irrational and persistent, and sometimes she takes inspiration from critical people in our lives. And I've personally found that the word enough is usually a very common word in her vernacular. And many women that I've worked with, that is something that seems to come up over and over again, just that word enough. Well, I emailed the Vibrant Christian Living community about a month ago, that's you guys, to hear some of these common things that your inner mean girl or your inner bully, what she says to you. And I wanted you guys to hear yourselves because like Tara says in this book, that there isn't a place for us to hear other women's voices in this area. And so I wanted this to be a time for you to hear what other successful, inspiring, powerful, good women like you, what they deal with and what they face too from this inner critic. So as I share these, I want you to pay attention to those characteristics that I just mentioned of the inner critic. And I want you to see if you can see those character traits in these comments. This comment is from Sheila, and she says, my inner mean girl is saying, what makes you think that you can be comfortable around people and be able to speak to people assertively when you have huge social anxiety? I've stepped out of my comfort zone and won, but now the enemy is attacking me and telling me that no one likes you or values your opinion. And she goes on, and she goes on here about just how her anxiety is triggered greatly by this inner critic. And then this is from Bonnie. She says, sometimes when that bully inner mean girl shows up, she brings her best friends, doubt, insecurity, and anxiety. Then it gets really tough. And sometimes she likes to add extra pressure when we are surrounded by people who are achieving their goals. There's another woman who asked to not be named. I'm going to call her Hannah. And she says, below is a start to my mean girl. And believe me, she's relentless. She says, first of all, number one, you're fat and that's never going to change. Number two, you'll always be number two to your husband behind his daughter. Number three, you'll never be allowed to be a mother figure to your stepdaughter. Number four, since your children are grown, they're not as important as your stepdaughter. And she goes on and she lists all of these things and she tells the backstory of her daughter and some of the medical conditions that she has. And she says at the end, this mean girl has got to go. And though I do not feel her presence all the time, I'd much rather feel the peace of God and the grace that I know that he provides. Yes, powerful, right? Then she mentions here that she wishes she had some Bible verses to help evict the mean girl forever. Abigail wrote in and she says, these are some of the inner mean girl thoughts that happen in her head. I'm so far behind. I'll never be able to keep up. My to-do list is mounting faster than it's being completed. I'm failing at being a good mother. I get angry and I'm a horrible example for them to emulate. I'm ruining them. I can't handle the stress. I feel like I'm breaking. And then Katrina says, you can't do anything right. You're messing up your children by homeschooling. And Jessica also says, I think most of my inner mean girl thoughts are fairly typical. She tells me that I can't do it, that I'm stupid, that I'm lazy, and I'm a bad mom. She tells me that I'm too selfish to ever change. Whew. I'm guessing you probably can relate to some of this because I surely can. Some of the things I noticed were that there were a lot of overly harsh or critical tone comments, right? There was a focus on problems and not solutions, that it's kind of like this stuck voice. It wants to hold us back. And I also thought it was interesting that some of us have specific areas of life where she tends to run most rampant, right? And because we see the inner critic as this risk management expert, I think that those areas where she shows up are those places where we have a lot invested in our lives or we have a lot at stake. So for one of the ladies, it was her marriage or her parenting. And one lady talked about her social anxiety and another was her body image. And for me, my inner critic shows up a lot in two places. And one of them is my work with women online 
and number two, my role as a mom. And that's because these are two huge passions in my life. And these are the areas where I feel like I'm always being stretched and I always have room to grow. So I thought I'd share with you some of the things that I hear my inner critic saying. Here's what she says about my work with women. She says, what do you have to say? Nobody cares. Why would anyone listen to you? You can put it out there, but you're not going to get any response. So I don't even know why you're trying. And then as a mom, the biggest thing that she tries to throw at me is that your kids are going to grow up all messed up because you don't spend enough time with them. So I'm going to talk a little bit about these specific examples as I go through how to combat these. How can we manage the inner critic? Let's get past all this negative talk and get to some hope and to some good stuff here, okay? So how can we manage her? Because number one, I, I, before we even talk about management, we have to understand that we're not going to get rid of her. It's just, this is part of that sinful nature that we have. In fact, the more we try to push her out the door, the louder she will scream, truly. So what we're going to talk about today is management and learning how to quell her voice and to learn how to live within the parameters of a healthy version of what we can do with her voice. The number one goal is that we need to identify when the inner critic is talking. What does she sound like? What does she say? We need to get familiar with her voice in terms of her voice versus God's voice, her voice versus our own voice. And we need to learn how to not let her voice determine our choices. What is she saying? And separating that out from what God says and not letting her have a voice at the table when it comes to deciding how we want to live our life. And really important tactic with dealing with this inner bully or this inner mean girl is to get curious. So I've found it kind of disarms her when we start to approach this voice and say, well, why do you think this? What, why does she think these things? You know, what are, where are these thoughts coming from? What mindsets and situations are keeping her alive? What people in our lives that we've allowed to be in our lives, whether, you know, whether we want them there or not, sometimes we don't have a choice about that, but how are those voices encouraging that inner critic inside of us. I have days when the inner critic beats me up because I didn't finish everything on my list. And I know that's a, a prompter for me is, is just needing to achieve, needing to accomplish, needing to finish things. And so I've had to learn to ask myself, well, where does that come from? Why is that there? And my issues with needing to perform and accomplish things have to do with how I learned to get praise through performance and achievement as a child. And I learned that I was really good in school, that I could just work really hard and I could be captain of this team and captain of that team and that people paid attention to me if I did that. And whether that's right or wrong, I don't fault my parents and that that's just how I was wired and was reinforced in me. And I learned that that achievement side of myself got fed. And so now when that isn't fed, whoo, she just runs rampant in me. So that's something that I continually have to go back and rework in my brain right? God has to um, continually help me find out my acceptance and my rest and, and who I am is found in exactly that, who I am in Him and not what I did or did not accomplish. We can recognize her voice. We get curious as we can run that voice through a litmus test. And I see, number one, that litmus test being scripture itself, of course. We can hear right away, is that what God says about us? Is that really what God believes you? Does, that, does God believe that, you know, that you're fat and worth nothing? Is that really what God says about you? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm laughing, ladies, because you know we say this stuff to ourselves. Isn't it? It's just so crazy. We've got to be real about it and with each other. 
Does God really believe that you have no life purpose and that that you're worthless? Is that what God's word says? No, it doesn't. So that's the first thing. And then there's also just real life facts. The voice that I mentioned before about, about motherhood and feeling like, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. And I'm not spending enough time with my kids. That has just been this lie that's been thrown in my face. I mean, I am homeschooling my kids. I don't work out of the home. My husband is here with us most days. He works from home most days. And we spend a lot of time together as a family. And yet I've noticed that any time that I spend apart from my kids, that's when that voice comes in and says, oh, well, you know, you should be doing this. Oh, you should be doing that, right? I finally just got so tired of it the other day because I saw how it was just, I was, it was feeding this thing inside of me, this anxiety of like, I'm going to wake up one day and my kids, I'm, they're going to hate me and I, I'm going to regret this time as a mom. And I just had this whole idea brewing in my head because of these voice that I just had let play on and on and on. And I finally had to just say, okay, I'm going to get to the truth of this, really. And so I sat down with my kids individually and I said, look, I want you to be completely honest with me. Do you feel like I take good care of you? Do you feel like I spend enough time with you? Do you feel like you're loved? Like, you know, and they looked at me like I was crazy and they're like, yeah, of course. I totally feel like I'm loved. Like, you know, like, of course. And so I just realized that that perception that I had that was causing all this anxiety and all of this future stress was something that I had manufactured because of that inner voice that I'd allowed to listen to. So I have to, now I'm sitting down and when that voice comes back, I go back to, no, here's what I do. Here's the truth. I do this with my kids and I spend this amount of time with them and I encourage them in this way and encourage them in that way. This is what I'm doing with them. Another really important tactic, which was life-changing for me when I finally began implementing this, is to acknowledge the voice of the inner critic. And, you know, just hold on for me a second. At first you're like, what? You want to acknowledge this voice? This woman's crazy. Like, you know, I kind of want to acknowledge this voice. But here's what I'm saying. I found and I have found great healing when I can acknowledge the hurt that's inside of her, what she's saying, and not dismiss her thoughts. So when when I have found that I just say, whatever, that's stupid, that's so not true, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that doesn't stop the voice. Have you noticed that? Have you ever tried that? It doesn't stop it. What we need to do is we need to go to the root of it and we need to speak to it in a sense of, we need to pretend almost like it's like the scared child who needs encouragement because quite often for a lot of us, that is where this inner voice comes from is a time in our life where we have been wounded or hurt as a child. And as one of my friends very lovingly put it, she said, you need to take her to the cross. You need to love her. You need to listen to her from an outside perspective. Don't push her down and beat her up and tell her she's wrong and she's stupid and just get out of here. That's true. She's not speaking true statements and, and, and she doesn't need to have a voice in our life. We're never going to get rid of her, but that's not going to quell the voice. Again, we need to speak to her like she is needing care and needing love because so often where this voice comes from is a place of lack and need and hurt inside of us. I would encourage you strongly to, when you feel that voice, to think about what she says most commonly and to think about where could this come from and how can I speak to that voice and say, what are you needing right now? Why are you acting in this way? Why are you saying these things? Where is this coming from? And take that 
to the cross, right? Remind her that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And that if God calls you to move forward and to do something, or if he's called you to be a mom, if he's called you to be a wife, whatever he's called you to do, then it's okay to move forward and that you don't have to be afraid. And that's where a lot of this is based is fear. Dealing with the inner critic is not easy. And I've given you some ideas here, but it can take intense work to move through the inner critic mindset and get into healing. I know that a lot of the healing that I've been able to find in this area comes from the fact that I have worked with several coaches. And here's how they've helped me. First of all, they've helped me to have great clarity about what I was really thinking. They helped me to see the truth when I couldn't see it. And they helped me find practical paths to rewire my brain so that I know how to better manage my inner critic. I know why she's there. I know what she's saying and why she's saying it. And they've just really helped me in some big ways. And as a Christian life coach, I want to offer an invitation to you to have that same kind of healing that working with a coach can give in this area. I want you to find that healing and hope because I've been there too. And I want to help you discover what kind of thoughts that you need to have to move forward. I want to encourage you that there is hope, right? Let's work together to bring freedom and hope for managing your inner critic so that she doesn't have to hold you back anymore. Just go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash coaching and click on the button. I look forward to hearing from you and to getting started. I want to close our time today by reframing what it means when the inner critic shows up. So here's a quote again from that book by Tara Moore, Playing Big. She says, Many women find their inner critic speaks up most loudly around their most deeply felt dreams for their lives and work because we feel particularly vulnerable around them. They experience the most panicky, overwhelming self-doubt when they're moving toward what they truly long to do. The inner critic is like a guard at the edge of your comfort zone. As long as you don't venture forth out of that zone, the inner critic can leave you alone like a guard taking a nap. Yet when you approach the edge of your comfort zone, you test old beliefs, you contemplate change or stretch into playing bigger, you wake the sleeping guard. The inner critic recites its lines in an attempt to get you to go back to the familiar zone of the status quo. Many women find that the more strongly the inner critic shows up, the louder and meaner and more hysterical its voice, the closer they are to a breakthrough or the more likely they are to be on the edge of taking a very important step. In this sense, when you hear a major inner critic attack, you can often greet it as good news. It likely means you are playing bigger. So here's my challenge to you today. If you hear your inner critic, don't be afraid of it, but instead get curious around it. Stop giving power to the inner critic by being afraid of it and instead approach that voice with love, with understanding, and with the truth itself found in scripture and found in the truth that you know to be true in your life and let that set you free. And you'll start to see her voice become less powerful in your life. I want to help you discover that kind of living. I know it's not something that is easy to get through. And like I said, I have had help to get to that place. And I'm still, I still have coaches that encourage me in this area. And I want to give you that kind of life that has the ability to tame that inner mean girl. I would love to explore that concept with you more in a coaching call. And so to do that, go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash coaching. I will see you back here next week. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you were encouraged or inspired by what was shared today, I would love it if you could take two seconds and leave an honest review in iTunes. 
I love hearing from you and these reviews help others find the podcast. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode. Bye for now and I will see you back here next week.